Belichick's lost a, lost a step to I'm me. I'm not going to do I, this. I'm not going to do this. This is Annex Square. Well, if it isn't my favorite 30 minutes of each week. Yeah, I said it. It is my favorite 30 minutes of each week. It is Annex Squared. It is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. My name is Jason Annex, joined by my nemesis. Just kidding. My identical twin brother. UFC broadcaster John Anik, dude, I feel like I say it every other week, but welcome home, man. Welcome home. <laughs> well, thanks for being with me uh, in support in New York City, one of the greatest UFC shows of all time. We tied the record for most first-round knockouts and another two championship belts change hands, which oftentimes is the case when we go to Madison Square Garden. New champions emerge, but uh, busy weekend in New York. You can hear it in my voice a little bit. Now, this is not my favorite 30 minutes of the week. It's close, probably top five, but... I like it better than I did last week because as everybody can see, if you're watching on the Annex Squared YouTube channel, Jason got a haircut. Still got the long lettuce on top, which is fine, but he finally cut all of that white noise around his ears and he looks much more presentable today. And as I've said before, if it was up to my daughters, it would all go away. So we'll shift to the NFL um, and I have to say, so so the UFC 281 Saturday night, the fight card ends at one o'clock. The three of you guys broadcasting, just hanging out, talking to 1.30 on, on the pay-per-view or whatever it was. We're on pay, hanging out, talking. Let's be clear. We're on the fucking air. You act like we're just dicking around. Well, but sometimes- We're on the air. But yeah, sometimes we go right off the air, but we're recapping what was one of the greatest nights in UFC history. Are you complaining that you had to wait around? Cause then I went to the post show. Where are you going here? No, 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 not complaining at all. Just circumstantially, sometimes right at 1am, it's sort of over where you guys were there till almost one thirty, And then you were doing the post fight show for ESPN, which you do sometimes. And sometimes you'll go up to the ESPN post show and you'll get right on. And then sometimes you're hit, you know, when we got up there, they were like, you can relax for a minute, right? So it's about 20 minutes up there before I'm not complaining at all. It was just circumstantially, I'm going to lead this into the NFL. So post show, whether it's two 30 quarter three, get back to the hotel, whatever it is. You and I were originally going to be both flying home Sunday morning. You had another obligation, so you had to stick around in New York City. So my flight, I had to leave for the airport at 5 a.m. We sort of settled down in the room, 3.30, quarter of 4. So the bottom line is Saturday night, I'm not sleeping. I get onto the plane, sort of doze for an hour, but then I'm getting direct TV, National Football League, <laughs> Seahawks Buccaneers, like eyes open, wide awake, right? So I watch a little bit of that. Uh, I was on the Seahawks, which I didn't like, go, never like watching a game going against Tom Brady. But then I get home not having slept and I think I'm going to juice myself up for the one o'clock games. Needless to say, I uh, didn't digest as much NFL as I normally do, given that I hadn't slept. But it was an interesting Sunday for me. Nonetheless, I just want to share that with you. Um, anyway, for those of you who haven't watched Annex Square in the past, each games, we pick five games against the spread and against each other. Ultimate goal being to submit five picks at the end of the week for the Circa Pro Football Contest, where each week we submit five games against the spread, some money on the line there. So let's get into week 10, which just passed us by head to head going into week 10. John, 25 and 20. I was 20, 23 and 2, so a four game deficit. Uh, our results both go two and three, unspectacular. You want to get into your yours quickly before I get into mine? Yeah, we were head-to-head, Giants and Texans. I had the Giants minus six and a half, sloppy game at times, and you're never going to feel good with this New York Giants outfit laying close to a touchdown, but we got that one home. Steelers plus two and a half, 
Certainly was one of our better bets of the week and glad that we had some action on that. Also had that one in the Circa contest. Those were the two winners. Yeah, Raiders minus six and a half against the Colts. Total wayward selection. Learned my lesson there. I did say, though, on these airwaves, I asked for permission to change my bet to Chargers plus seven in the event that Jeff Jeff Saturday started Matt Ryan at quarterback. You did not afford me that opportunity, so we take our L's. Uh, and then Seahawks plus two and a half, and then Falcons must three, minus three against the Panthers. I knew that was the square side on Thursday night. They did not play a good football game. The Panthers win that game outright as underdogs, and most of the Sharps were on Carolina. So forgettable two and three for me against you. Obviously, we were able to clean it up a little bit by the time we got to the contest to get over 500 there, uh, but still above 500. As you can see, trying to bury week 10 as quickly as humanly possible so we can start being a little yeah. bit more optimistic. I hear that. And we'll get more into that game from Munich, uh, Seahawks Buccaneers later on as we get into our contest pick. So a similar two and three for me. I got to say, man, I don't like saying bad beats, but I feel like I just get hosed all day. So my three losses by a total of five and a half points, you know, it's like, I just been getting hooked left and right. You know, the fact that my record includes two ties should tell you everything you need to know. But I, I feel like when I make a pick, typically it's a fairly easy cover, but anyway, let's get into the three losses. So Jaguars plus nine and a half at the chiefs lost by a hook. Chiefs definitely controlled the game. Stop Travis Etienne, whatever, not still losing by a hook. You never feel good about that. But, but ultimately that nine and a half, it's probably not the right side to be on. Uh, I did buy it in the book for whatever that's worth. So I pushed Texans plus six and a half at giants. I do lose head to head to you there. That line actually, I believe was four and a half come game time. So I did get a decent price. They lose by eight. Um, but you know, both teams score four times. One team was scoring touchdowns, one team, team kicking field goals. So that was the difference there. Bears minus two and a half versus the lions. Uh, they lost by one outright, get outscored 21, six in the fourth quarter, a pick six mixed in there. So I have to say just quickly on that bears lions game, it's relevant, but, uh, Mike Florio PFT live on NBC radio. Um, I've been talking to you about this guy for a couple of weeks and I haven't listened to him my whole life. You can be sure. But circumstantially, I've been in the car when he's been on the radio. And so I've listened to him a little bit lately. And every day he says something riveting, something interesting, whether it's funny or I learned something. But I just, it was very interesting about Justin Fields. By the way, did you see the 67 yard touchdown run, Justin Fields, man? Oh, yeah. Um, no, so I, uh, so Mike Florio says Justin Fields keeps both teams in the game, you know, and I thought that was a good way to put it. You know, it's like certainly keeps the other team in the game, you know, doing something wrong, but certainly can do some special things for his own team. So anyway, I liked the Bears, their loss at that was my three losses. My two hits, Dolphins minus three and a half versus the Browns. I'm glad we carried that one into the contest. That Dolphins team, man, look out, you know, easy money. That offense is a juggernaut. Their defense can stop the run. Um, that's a, I don't know how, how much of a dark horse they are in the AFC. They're you know leading the AFC East right now. Um, if the playoffs began today, all four AFC East teams are in the postseason. I know the right. Patriots at five and four are tied with a couple other teams. And my other hit chargers plus seven at 49ers lose by six. We'll take it. Um, the Niners, as I said, don't blow, blow people out, outscored the chargers 12, nothing in the second half. Um, no King now and no Mike Williams, they still cover. Uh, they do have a lot of good football players, even when not healthy. So two and three, both ways. Heading into week 11, as we put a bow on week 10, John 27 and 23. So four games over 500, 500 not looking as special. Still a four-game lead, at, as I said, at 22, 26, and two. Um, before we get into the pro football contest, five selections, anything from you? 
Well, no, I just think that this league continues to just be so riveting week in and week out. And I know sometimes you talk a little bit about bad beats. And yes, I can say as someone who's going head to head against you, like you haven't had a lot of balls bounce your way this year. Um, but you're the first one to cry in your Cheerios, at least on this show, right? You'd be the first one to cry in your Cheerios. Whereas Definitely. for me, it's just, I just sort of like, you know, live to fight another round. So, uh, but no, I do believe that this has been a good exercise overall in sort of paring down our five for the week. Now, right now where we stand in the contest feels like we need to go four and one or three and two every single week, the rest of the way to even sniff the money. But through 10 weeks, we haven't taken ourselves out, right? We haven't had a single one and four in the contest yet, never mind an 0 and 5. So I do believe that this exercise, sort of getting ahead of the handicap a little bit, is helping us to whatever degree when we submit the picks on Friday night or Saturday morning. Yeah, certainly doing better in the in the contest that matters than on Annex Squared. So 3 and 2, week 10. So we now sit at 28, 19, and 3 overall. 29 and a half points in the contest. So we are tied for 505th place, if I'm not mistaken, out is of how many entries, sir? About 4,700. All right. Um, so we're creeping a little bit, but like you said, need to pop a four and one or a five and oh, I'll quickly run through the three and two. Let's go through the three and two quickly from last week. So the losses Seahawks plus three got a decent number at Buccaneers in Munich. And I say at Buccaneers because Tom Brady's face painted all over the town. They had both end zones, but I did hear someone say on the radio, a fan that went to the game that, I guess football, the NFL became available in Germany when the Seahawks and the Patriots were in the Super Bowl. So I guess you do have a lot of Seahawks and Patriots fans there that sort of, you always talk about picking a team. I think, I think a lot of the fans in Germany selected Seahawks or Patriots back in the day. So anyway, I guess there were some Seahawks fans there, certainly some Patriots fans probably rooting for Tom Brady. But either way, I hate to say this, but I absolutely love the Bucks by kickoff. And I just kind of a law of averages thing. I just felt like Seattle would come back to earth a little bit. It's been a struggle for the Buccaneers. I felt like it would, that was sort of how it went. We lose on the Buccaneers plus three. Uh, the next game we took from, that was interesting. So we took, we took that from your five. That was a loss. Then from my five, we took the Jaguars plus nine and a half at the Chiefs. As I said, couldn't run the ball. I did tease that, but whatever. So those are the two losses. Jaguars plus nine and a half. Uh, do you want to talk about either of the wins? Any of the wins? Yeah, I'll rifle through. I want to get to week 11, but from week 10, Dolphins minus three and a half against Cleveland. Easy money. Tua Tagovailoa might win an MVP, which is crazy. We live in South Florida, and if you could have heard some of the diatribe on sports radio a couple of years ago, juxtaposed against what we're hearing now, it's pretty crazy. Steelers plus one and a half against the Saints. Just really felt good about that play at whatever number in the plus. I will say, I want to get in here, though. We played that, and then an hour later, it was announced Minka Fitzpatrick appendectomy out. So that was sort of a bad beat, but TJ Watt there. A bad it. beat? What do you mean a bad beat? Well, so, okay, not a bad beat, but bad f- misfortune that when we played the Steelers, Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick was going to play. Sounds you can be like- sure that if they lost that game and defense struggled, I'd be bringing it up. Go ahead. Just bad phraseology then. And then Titans minus two and a half against the Broncos. I might actually play Denver in week 11, but we've done, we've done pretty well fading, uh, you know, Broncos country. Let's ride. Well, and I've been all over the t- Titans all year for whatever reason in Annex Squared. I just didn't throw them in my five again. Maybe some hesitation about quarterback, but either way. So three and two in the contest. I know you want to get to week 11, but before we get to week 11, a couple things from week 10. And then I want to talk about Thanksgiving a bit. Which oh, yeah. Beckons. Beckons. Next week. 
So I just will say on that way too early playoff picture, it is fascinating that the Patriots are in, in that seventh spot right now. So they would face the Dolphins if the playoffs began today. Chargers Bengals also at five and four, but as good as that AFC East is, uh, I think it's certainly better on paper than in real life. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Josh McDaniels, anything you want to wax poetic about Josh McDaniels? What an interesting backdrop to that game last week. Obviously, we told you here on Annex Squared that Jeff Saturday, as ESPN analyst, had put out something denigrating about the Raiders as a football team, and then he beats them. Now, I think Jeff Saturday simplified things, right? Certainly, you got to get Sam Ellinger out of there, right? It doesn't take a credentialed ESPN NFL analyst to get Sam Ellinger out from under center, right? Put the emphasis on the offensive line. And again, there are a lot of talented people there, right? So... I'm happy for Jeff Saturday for sort of answering some of the naysayers and these guys like Bill Cowher just going crazy that this guy's getting the opportunity. I do find it interesting that Jeff Saturday was offered assistant positions on this staff before and turned them down. But he's like, oh, you make me number one guy, you know, I'll uproot my whole life. Want to know, baby? Well, well, all of Bill Cowher's points are very well taken and we don't necessarily By need to you, maybe. Well, we'll get into that here, but uh, you had talked about Reggie Wayne as maybe being uh, an opportunity as an assistant there, whatever it is. But, but uh, you know, a lot of people that are closer to this profession and this sport than me certainly have some opinions about those that have been there putting in the work. No, of course. And Ryan Clark, obviously, I thought did a really good job sort of being critical of his former colleague and sort of telling it like it is, right? But this is happening in a lot of walks of life. I yeah, mean, maybe no not doubt. as high profile. I mean, in this podcasting era, don't you think there are a lot of people that are getting into to my broadcasting field? Um, you know, I'm not saying present company included, right? Yeah, but there right. are a lot of people that are getting into broadcasting. You know, I, I got 22 years and some people are getting in with six months. I used to sit around sending out demo tapes thinking like, how am I going to get three to five years of broadcasting experience to actually position myself for one of these jobs? Now you can just start a podcast and uh, you're good. I hear you. Well, and regardless of how Jeff Saturday got the job. I, I mean, the hammer. Did you even fucking vet this guy, Jason Anik? I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Um, regardless of how Jeff Saturday got the job, though, I do think that you can't deny that there's some leadership ability there. And that's why I bring up Josh McDaniels, whether you want to let him be, you know, that, that he's not going anywhere after this year, after next year. It's just very difficult for me to believe that Josh McDaniels doesn't have something to do with that. Um, and Derek Carr, I didn't see it visually on the microphone. I know he was very emotional. I don't know if he feels bad that he, you know, steered his friend Devontae Adams away from Aaron Rodgers or what, you know, um, but that's got to be pretty heavy, man, to have your worst oh, season yeah. to date with your boy coming across the best receiver or one of the few in the NFL. It's nuts, man. And I have to say the two things you were most bullish on going into the NFL season, I give you a hard time, but that the Minnesota Vikings represented the best future value on the board and that Josh McDaniels was going to bring the Raiders down because he's so ill-equipped to be an NFL head coach. It's amazing that you could be, as qualified to be a coordinator, yet so grossly underqualified to be a head coach. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to be back despite whatever sort of, uh, you know, goodwill he got from ownership. Well, just amazing, you know, 10 weeks in. It's like they're done. That's it. With seven oh, yeah. Losses on the board, oh, that's yeah. It. That's it. You know, so Derek Carr is crying because tech, they've been eliminated from postseason contention week 10. Um so speaking of futures real quick, just to let the viewers know. So yeah, I did punch the, the Vikings 39 to one really, you know, a long time back. I don't have the date, but well before the season began, it's 12 to one. Now 
I still am not a huge believer if you want to know the truth in their ability to hoist the trophy, but I like the future. I also did play the Ravens 17 and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. Now 13, 13 to one. I also played the Ravens win the AFC at nine to one. I like that juice. I like rooting for that dog in the fight, the Ravens. You can be sure your action just is all bills. If I'm not mistaken, future. Yeah, pretty much bills. I did have the Rams to win the NFC, which was not good. And, uh, I had the Raiders to win the AFC, obviously at a big number, but that is, uh, I wish that was a physical ticket so I could rip it up right now, even though technically it hasn't been eliminated. I would rip that ticket up right now. <laughs> so one more thing I want to get to before we get into football. So UFC 281, Frankie Edgar. Those who don't know the name Frankie Edgar, if you're not a mixed martial arts fan, Frankie, the answer, Frankie Edgar, uh, his retirement fight at MSG. Um you know, John Anik has one tattoo. It's a 209 tattoo for Nate Diaz. But I just want to talk to you. You, you, you are owed. You owe the MMA community another tattoo. It's going to be an FE tattoo for Frankie Edgar. Um, and I just want to, you know, I've been hammering you about this pretty good. But uh, we're looking for action, not talk. I don't know when this is going to be executed. I don't know where. I don't know if you need a design. But I'm just letting you know that that FE needs to go somewhere and soon. Did I guarantee? Did I promise that I would get it? I'll get the tattoo. I. I fail to understand why you're, you're putting making you on blast? it known on an NFL podcast that you're blasting me out to the MMA community. But I'll get the FE tattoo. I'm a man of my word. I just, I don't, I mean, there certainly wasn't any wager, any tattoo bet here. Um, well, speaking but, of wagers, um, Thanksgiving week, next week in the NFL. So what I'm thinking, we got to have some juice for, for Annex Squared. So there are three games, right? Bills at Lions, 1230. Giants, Cowboys, 430. Patriots at Vikings, 820. That'll be enjoyable over a couple Casamigos on the rocks, splash of pineapple juice. Anyway, so I, I think we should pick all three games, go against each other, flip a coin to see who gets to pick first. Um, and we go against each other. So whoever gets two or three or three and whatever it is, whoever wins, there has to be a winner because best of three, some stakes for next week's show. Uh, whatever those stakes may be. Fine. You great. Like that? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on to the picks for week 11. As I said, 28, 19 and three overall. And this is for the circus sports pro football contest. So real quick, these lines are as of Wednesday morning, November 16th. Uh, the team's coming off week 10 buys, just in case you have some juice there, Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England, and the New York jets. Buys this week, Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, Tampa Bay. No buys next week, Thanksgiving week. Oh, nothing like Thanksgiving week for the NFL. So because you are leading, you get to choose who who offers up the first selection. Am I correct? Yeah, go. <laughs> you didn't like me talking about that tattoo. My first selection, one of my two one o'clock selections, the Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half at the Indianapolis Colts. I'm sure all the Jeff Saturday fans will be going crazy at Lucas Oil Stadium, some juice. Um, but I still deem the Eagles to be the best pound-for-pound team in the National Football League. I think they get back on track. I think they bounce back. If it's Matty Ice, I think he gets mauled. If I think it's Sam Ellinger, I think he gets mauled worse. I love the Eagles in this spot, in a bounce-back spot. Um, and I kind of like the number under a touchdown. So my first selection, fly, Eagles fly, minus 6.5 at Colts. I love that play. It's not in my five. Probably my seventh or eighth game, but I absolutely love the Eagles minus six and a half. First play for me, New York Giants minus three, home to the Detroit Lions. I understand Detroit's won some football games. Congratulations, Dan Campbell and crew. Nice win last week against the Chicago Bears. I also understand that the New York Giants appear to be fraudulent, even though I did sprinkle a little bit on them to win the NFC a few weeks ago. 
that was in some part to take them down as a New England. Yeah, player. of course but it is. This line was higher, right? So you're getting a good number here. I saw it at four. I saw it at three and a half for whatever the heck it's worth. Right now, Giants minus three home against the Detroit Lions. They're playing mistake-free football by and large. And uh, I don't know. Daniel Jones is starting to pass the eye test for me. Like, if you told me Daniel Jones was the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year, week one, I'd be like, okay, a lot better than what we got right now. New York Giants minus three home to the Detroit Lions, my first selection for week 11. Yeah, I mean, I take Daniel Jones over Mac Jones any day of the week. The problem is you need Brian Dable. I'd like to trade head coaches too. Not trying to hate Belichick, but you need Brian Dable to come along. The reason why Daniel Jones looks different to you is Brian Dable. Josh Allen look a little bit different without Brian Dable at the helm? A little bit. Missing his boy. The Patriots anyway. are 5-4, and four, right? Because they got the best coach in football. You're trying to trade the guy. What's your pick? What's your next pick? Same as yours, Giants, minus three. Ah, Versus the Lions. I think we got to play that. So are Lions going to win? Are the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions, going to win three in a row? I don't think so. Um, I'm just playing Brian Dable, Saquon Barkley to win a home game here. I'm kind of surprised it's just three. The Lions did burn me last week at Chicago. I just don't think it happens here. I think it could be a close game. You know, last week I took the six and a half with the Texans at the Giants. They covered it, did close at four and a half. Um, I don't necessarily like the Giants to roll. I like them to win a home game in this spot, it's almost like if they're really going to have the season they're trying to have here, you got to get this one. So we're both on that one. Giants minus three, my second pick. And it sounds to me like even at three and a half, that might be one that we consider strongly for the, uh, the circa contest in which we are 28, 19 and three, 29 and a half points overall, about seven points off the overall lead. All right. Next selection for me, my second of week 11, the Chicago bears plus three and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. And this one, it stands to reason could get out of hand. The Chicago bears are not stopping anybody right now. Roquan Smith, not walking through that door. And I know I'm pinging and ponging on the fighting Arthur Smith's all year long, whether we're playing Atlanta or playing against them, got burned by him last week. Right. And so now I'm betting against them. Right cautionary tale historically when you try to do things like that but I'm through a key number to three and a half and uh you know I like Justin Fields' ability obviously with his legs and um still just don't believe in the Atlanta offense and uh I'm gonna roll the dice I, I sort of philosophically I've been thinking underdogs in my head a lot whether statistically I've been getting burned by the favorites or not. So I'm going to end up, I think on a lot of bad football teams the rest of the way in 2022. And I'm on a bad football team in week 11 bears plus three and a half at another bad football team, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> My third selection Steelers plus four hosting the Bengals a 425 tilt. Um, I think they might win the game. Like I'm, I'm a big believer on the Bengals at this point in this season. Like I really, like their chances to make a run. I, I certainly didn't expect them necessarily. I kind of expected them to struggle like this, but I didn't expect to think that they were really going to make a run like I do. Um, they're coming off a bye. I just, to me, I'd rather take the Steelers at home again, coming off the momentum of a win against the Saints. Um, we'll see if Minka Fitzpatrick plays. I just like the four points home game in the division to keep it tight. I think there's more pressure on the Bengals. Steelers, it's almost like a house money season. Give me the four points. Steelers plus four versus the Bengals, my third pick. All right, next selection for me will be the Minnesota Vikings plus one and a half home to the Dallas Cowboys. One of the best home field advantages in the NFL. 
And I know eventually the shoe on the other foot could drop when it comes to Minnesota. I, you know, I had one handicapper fire on Dallas to win the Super Bowl today at 16 to one. I know a lot of people believe in Dallas and it's not as though I am some sort of non-believer, but, um, Look at simple shirt. handicap for me. Yeah. Irony there, right? That I got my one more sleep Dallas t-shirt, but I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings plus one and a half. It's going to be a quick turn for Minnesota on Thanksgiving day for Dallas too, I would assume. Right. But for Minnesota, they have New England, right? The man, Bill Belichick, who taught Kevin O'Connell that you got to win the turnover battle, is coming to town in a few days, and I don't think you get any look-pass situation. I think you get a big effort from Minnesota riding high after the comeback against Buffalo. And um, again, getting a point and a half. When I did my Annex Squared handicap, I was getting one. Check the lines on DraftKings Sportsbook. Now one and a half. Vikings plus one and a half. Home to Dallas, my third selection for Week 11. You know, my future on the Vikings I alluded to earlier today. I also did have a future on the Cowboys to miss the playoffs, which isn't looking very good. So this is actually a big game for both those wagers. So yeah. the Cowboys are could be on the fringes. Certainly not going to – doesn't look like they're going to win their division. So uh, need Minnesota here. I'll be laying off there. Uh, my last two selections, both night games, my fourth pick, Chargers plus 6.5 versus the Chiefs Sunday night. So Chargers lost 27-24 at the Chiefs week two, um, but they're five and four. You need it. Bengals five and four. Patriots five and four. I expect Keenan Allen back. He's supposed to practice this week. I expect they'll get a lift from him. Mike Williams, I don't think back yet. I know the Chargers are banged up, but these division games at home, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Chargers win this game. I'd probably tease it up a little bit, um, but either way, I'm going to take the points again with the Chargers plus six and a half hosting the Chiefs Sunday night. And they do have other playmakers, right? Like part of the reason you and I were on the Chargers last week, right? Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert and Josh Palmer, they're all still walking through that door. I do like those points with the Chargers, but the next selection for me is going to be the Buffalo Bills laying eight and a half home against the Cleveland Browns. Can't stay away. Glutton for punishment, can't stay away when I'm on big favorites. It's Buffalo, and I, I just expect that the cream is going to rise here, and Cleveland is on the cusp of Deshaun Watson returning, but they're still banged up. I don't know if David Njoku is back. Maybe he is. Maybe he played last week. Again, I was doing UFC stuff, but, you know, it's not as though Cleveland is some beacon of health, and, uh, you know, they can be one-dimensional dimensional offensively. Now, weather could play a role here. So, again, on Annex Squared, it seems like you're the boss, and we don't reserve the right to pivot off a game but if yeah. weather becomes such a factor i may push out a tweet and back off of buffalo but again you know this line is bounced all over the place eight and a half nine not to have ten eight and a half buffalo bills go win a home game by 10 points and show the nfl that you're not the six and three outfit we've seen the last two weeks you're still the class of the afc and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna lay the points with the buffalo bills somewhat reluctantly bills minus eight and a half home to the cleveland browns yeah, I like that side, that side a lot. Not on them. My final selection, the Monday Nighter. Um, I'm going to tell you the game. I want you to just guess what side I'm on. So it is the the home team is the Cardinals. They're getting eight facing the 49ers. Right. What side? What's up? Yeah, no, I know the side. I, I was sort what of going to What side do you think I'm on? Well, I don't even think you know where the game's being played. So. Oh, you like that pause, Zach Phillips? Game's where? in Mexico City. As you were, though, I think you like the Cardinals plus eight. And you're yeah. going to say, what am I you're missing? Right. How are they you're getting right. eight at home? Right. The answer is it's not in their building. <laughs> I, I, no, I wasn't going to say that, but I appreciate how locked in you are. I like them even more now. I bet in you In Mexico. Do. I hope it's Colt McCoy. 
Um, it's more predictable for me. And if it's Kyler Murray, I don't think the line would be eight. So I like the eight points either way. Um, division opponent. I understand Cardinals are banged up. Zach Ertz is out, but Deandre Hopkins is there. And that dude really is a difference maker. He catches 10 balls in his sleep every game. Um, and JJ Watt is healthy when he's healthy, his leadership and physical ability on the field, I think matters. They're four and six alive in this division. Uh, Seattle at six and four is not running away and hiding. I like these points in division games, and I think there are a lot of – the 49ers need to show me. I do like the 49ers long-term this season, but show me something you're going to go win by eight, nine, ten points. Give me the Cardinals plus eight for my final pick. I like the Cardinals plus eight. I like the Steelers plus four. I have actually already played two of your selections in the sports book, despite the fact that they don't make my final five for Annex Squared. My final selection, I should have given this one out first, is going to be the Packers minus three, home to the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. Again, just a simplification process here. I know that Mike Vrabel tends to have his troops overachieving, but Ryan Tannehill is limited. He's not healthy, and I just liked what I saw at a number nine, Christian Watson. I know he's questionable for the Packers coming up on Thursday night. It's a short week. Generally speaking, I like to back the home team during a short week. Green Bay played at home last week as well, resuscitated their season, and I I still think the price is relatively short here. If it was three and a half, it ain't going to end up in our five in the contest, but Packers minus three, home to Tennessee on Thursday night. Uh, that'll be at the top of my board here for uh, for week number 11. Yeah, and that was I said to you earlier today. I I wanted to play the Thursday night game, and then the more I looked into it, I was like, "What am I going to go against?" You know, best coach in the NFL, my boy Mike Vrabel, in Green Bay. It's like, I mean, I just I, I'm not sold yet. What is interesting, though, as Annex Red viewers should know, we're from Boston, New England Patriots fans. I'm shocked you didn't play the Jets plus three. Do you like the Patriots in the game? Well, yes, I do. Bill Belichick just somehow owns the New York Jets. They've beaten the Jets 13 straight times. It doesn't matter if the Patriots are underdogs or if they're seemingly up against it. Now, these teams played recently. I expect the sharp side to be New England, but if it gets to three and a half, I will play the New York Jets just on principle. But no, I don't like the Jets enough to play them. I would be on New England probably, minus three, forced to choose. Well, to me, it's a natural spot to tease the Jets. I mean, the Jets should have won that game. I mean, there are these there are plays that do shift games. I mean, the Eagles certainly should have had an opportunity against Washington. What a joke. It's like a guy's trying to play football. Weighs 300 pounds, supposed to stop it on a dime to like backspin so he doesn't make contact with the quarterback. It's a joke. Anyway, I just, to me, the Jets, I'm probably going to lean there with the teaser. I just, like you say, the Patriots are just, they don't blow teams out. Um, no, I mean, what's the total 38 and a half. And I kind of want to go bet the under that tells you how I fi- how I feel about the game. And you could be yeah. sure Belichick's going to try to shorten it. Like if I'm a play by play guy in the NFL this season and I'm getting assigned to the Patriots, I'm thinking, oh yeah, man, you could just keep the car running. This'd be a quick game. So in terms of the stakes uh, for the Thanksgiving bet, uh, anyone who wants to drop something in the comments on the YouTube show or anything on Twitter, uh, hit at annex squared. Uh, whether we dabble with a little tequila, maybe we'll figure it out. Um, but either way, the hammer dot bet hosts all this great content. And before the primetime NFL games, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, 20 minutes before kickoff, head over to the hammer dot bet content for you. Thursday night, you get Andrew Walker, Joey Kanish, Sunday night, Rob Pizzola, Fabian Summer, and Monday night, Rob Pizzola and Eric Eager. As always, we appreciate you watching Annex Squared. We're going to continue to do our best to churn out some National Football League content for you. 
For my brother, John Anik, my name is Jason Anik, and our great Zach Phillips running the show as usual. We'll see you next week on Anik Square. Peace.